Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, the podcast for the local church by the local church. We are your local churchmen. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm here with my co-host in crime, my bro from another mo. Does that work? Jack Berry. I don't, I don't know if that works. Bro from another mo? Yeah, I don't know about that. You know, that. I don't That's know. very shortening for mom, but okay. It, you know, yeah. hey, we got there. We got yeah. there. Jack, yeah. how are you, my friend? feel like this has been like we, we i think we've been both really busy this week and i haven't talked to you for yeah. a little bit how how are you uh dude all right my dad is in surgery right now oh, okay on his pancreas and oh. so i actually called up the hospital in yakima where he's getting the surgery at see if they could call me when he's out of surgery hopefully we'll see okay um, all right well prayers to papa jack yeah yeah to ed ed old old ed berry jack's dad um yeah, so tomorrow my wife and I are going to drive over there to Yakma and see if he has awakened from the anesthesia. All right, all right. And hopefully there's some good news on the end of the surgery thing because apparently it was just a, there was a buildup of stuff in his pancreas. I don't think there was anything necessarily cancerous per se. Okay. But um, yeah, he's he's going to be out of commission. And he's like, man- you want to talk about dedicated? This man is 72, 73 years old. Yeah, sometimes I forget how, he, how old your dad is. Yeah, he's very older dad. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to the city pool there uh, in the town that he lives in called Ellensburg here in Washington State yep. every single day. Yeah. And when they told him, like, you can't go, like, that, like, severely depleted Oh, I bet. His motivation. I bet, yes. I bet he was done at that point. He's like, you know what? He was like- Maybe I don't want the surgery. I'd rather the pool. (laughs) But he's got like, but he had to have the surgery because he had like seven pounds of fluid in him that couldn't drain out of him. They had to drain it out of him. So it's like, yeah, he actually needs that because that's plumbing issues. Oh, good gracious. Oh, man. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry to get technical oh, on the moving. podcast. Yeah, we, well, prayers to Papa Barry, but yeah, we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move on, dude. Um, dude, you've been getting some love. Uh, I think. Oh I think my gosh! From our last ep. <laughs> oh my gosh! We, we want to talk about this really quick before yes, we hop in. We do. Okay. 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 <laughs> you've been you've been getting a little love on the uh, on. Well, I don't know if it's the socials, but but it's uh, we got we got this review that that came in. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's it's a review from. Hold on, I want to make sure that I get the. I want to make dark, sure. I, dark he, Crystal Twenty Nine. Dark Crystal Twenty Nine, <laughs> and it, let's just say it's a fawning review. All right, fawning review. I think I think there were there were many adjectives used to describe Jack, all in the most positive way. Um, <laughs> words like uh, legend, all right, and uh, words like uh, uh, comparing you to the Apostle John, uh, calling you calling the you reformed the, pope the reformed pope <laughs> what <laughs> but all that but all possible hundred percent five star review. All in the best way. Uh, Dark Crystal 29, you know who you are. I know who you are. <laughs> uh, we thank you for the review. Jack appreciates it. After, after you know, Jack and I like to think that we are, we all, we are emotional stalwarts. That nothing, nothing gets to us. There's nothing that can get under our skin. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes even we, yes, even we, the, the, the ardent Reformed Baptist that we are, even we have chinks in the armor, and even we, dare I say, have feelings. And I'm just gonna say what Maury always says: uh, the lie detector test proved that that was a lie. Yeah, you, wait, every man has emotional feelings here, people. Just put on the NFL in a in a diehard situation. You, oh, you going all Vody Baca on us? Yeah, where yeah. both your teams are on the line, <laughs> and you are definitely going to show emotion. Exactly, here, exactly. So, Dark Chris, we thank you guys for the reviews, listeners. Seriously, we appreciate interacting with you guys. We appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the ratings. Uh, uh, we really do. Um, it helps get the podcast out to more people. We we try to encourage local church centrality on this podcast. You might not agree yes. with everything we say, and that's okay. You know, Jack yeah. and I don't agree with everything with each other and that's okay we both have the essentials uh that we believe in wholeheartedly we're confessional we're reformed we believe the local church needs to be important in the life of the believer it needs to be central uh and that's something that we can all unite around so we thank you guys that have partnered with us on this we thank you guys for that have left reviews we thank you for the ratings uh, and just all the ways you guys support and listen to the podcast the fact that people listen to this still blows my mind um but it tells me that there are there are those out there that share the sentiments of jack and i that we we care about Mm -hmm. the church Um, and even though we might not agree on everything, we agree on that. And that, that to me, that's encouraging to me. Uh, and I, and I really, really like that. I, I, and that's, that's something I love. Something else that most of us agree on, not all, and it's totally okay. That's, that's okay. But something Mm -hmm. that a lot of our listeners agree on is our cigar of the week by the reformatory. I was actually asked today by one of our listeners what the cigar (laughs) of the week was. And I said, I don't know. It's Jack's week. He's going to spring it on me. (laughs) And this is what he said. This is what he said. This is coming from our, our listener, Steve love Steve. Steve's awesome. Steve says, Oh, well, you know, it's going to be something fancy, fancy, you know, it's going to be something out there. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be boutique because that's what Jack does. That's what's expected. He has set the precedence. That's exactly what's going to happen. So, Hey, Jack, give y'all the, la unica, that, 
La Unica is definitely not oh, yeah. expensive here, people. That's Come right. On. So, Jack, for the love of our listeners, for the love of Dark Crystal 29, oh, for the love man. of our listener Steve, and for me, why don't you give us the Reformatory's Cigar of the Week? All right. So, I smoked this on sat- last Saturday. So, that was what? The 26th? 26th or the 25th? I don't know. I You're asking me to do math. 25th. 25th of June. The year of our Lord, 2022. The year of our Lord. <laughs> uh, and so I smoked this uh, foundation. So the tabernacle, it was in the Havana oh, Seed, 122, but it was in the David. So that's, so I think that's we've the 142. Talked about the David. Yes. So yeah. I think we've talked about the David and Goliath before. I think this so. is a completely different blend setup. Yeah. Because it is the Connecticut mm-hmm. Havana seed 142. So it's a different seed. It's a different blend. And then you have, so the wrapper is Connecticut Havana seed 142. It does not look like a Connecticut. I will say this. You look at it. It's, I think it, it's broadly. It's as dark as sin. All right. <laughs> but it is a Connecticut. Don't let the color of the wrapper fool you. I think what they mean by Connecticut, meaning that the tobacco is grown in the Connecticut River Valley. Yeah. So I want to say that that tobacco is like Connecticut broadly for some variation of it. The binder is Mexican San Andreas. Mm -hmm. Filler is Nicaraguan and Honduran. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be a fuller smoke. Oh, yep. Yes. Enjoy it. But I will say enjoy it with a Coke. Yeah. uh, Or or some Snickers. I will say this. I smoked it. uh, I had two cigars that night. I smoked that one and the Imperial Jade and the Robusto which we have reviewed as well. And I smoked that thing with, what was I drinking? I think I was drinking a Cherry Coke Zero, and I was eating uh, a cheese and meat platter while I was talking to a guy. Uh, And I was fine. I was absolutely okay. There was no effects on me. But yet again... This is a this is a seasoned cigar smoker here who's smoked a many a full cigar. So, but that sizing is not that crazy too. There you go. I don't think. I mean, that size of cigar. I don't think it's crazy. No, it's you to smoke that. It, yeah, it's a smaller one. So yeah. if you get it in the perfecto, it's definitely a smaller one, but but it's still it's still a heavy one, right? 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 So so yeah. it's a full bodied. Um, enjoy it with something in your stomach. Enjoy it with something sweet. What's the MSRP on this for a stick? Do you remember? So it's anywhere between. Uh, it's a little bit on the pricier side. Okay, I'd say anywhere between. Uh, 10 to 15 yeah. MSRP. Yeah. yeah, so it's definitely going to be something that you're getting kind of for a special occasion or you're wanting to splurge a little bit, but it is worth it. Uh, yes. It's worth all of that 10 to 15 bucks, but uh, definitely not going to be a daily smoke unless you you own Twitter or something like that. So <laughs> exactly. So head on over to wherever you get your wherever you get your sticks, the Tabernacle Havana Seed David Perfecto. Right, it's yes. number one forty-two for those yeah. that want to search it that way. It's a great stick. You're gonna enjoy it. Enjoy it with a coke. Enjoy it with something sweet. Enjoy it with something in your stomach, um, if that is something that you like to do. That is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack. We're gonna get into that? some. Um, um, 
Oh, man, I don't want to call it Drisky business because it's not Drisky business. It's actually not Drisky. It surprisingly sounds like Drisky, but oh, it's not head. Drisky, right? Um, so uh, something occurred within the last couple weeks that I'm sure nobody heard anything about whatsoever, and that was the the SBC convention, right? 2022, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, I want to preface this by saying Jack and I are not SBC. We have a lot of friends that are in the SBC, so yeah. we are SBC adjacent. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about what happened at the SBC conference. That's really, like, it, it's really, it doesn't really affect Jack and I. Uh, it's really not something that, that we, that we, really have a whole lot I mean, we have opinions but it doesn't it doesn't affect us because neither of us go into an SBC church yeah something we do want to talk about is something that was said during kind of the i don't know what they call it but it it feels like an open mic segment at like a wedding where like it seems like anybody can just get up and say something and Dude. you never know what's going to come out of people's mouths and what i right? think is so crazy about the SBC is like you like it doesn't matter if you are a president of a seminary or anything. Yeah. You still got to sit in those seats and go up to the mic and speak one spoken to, you know, like that levels the field, dude. It really does. That's what's funny about some of these things. It's like, yo, you may be a big wig, so to say, but you yeah. still got to go up to that mic and you still got to speak your piece. <laughs> you you got to put minutes. your pants on one leg <laughs> at a time, just like everyone else. Right. Yeah. So what Jack and I are want to talk about, or, or I, I should say it's going to springboard into our topic. Um, yeah. uh, this was a big wig that had some things yeah. to say. Yeah. Right. Um, so one uh, controversial figure within the SBC, uh, Rick Warren. Pastor Surprisingly, of, pastor of Saddleback Church. Yeah. Uh, where where is Saddleback? Where is that? It's is in that, Orange County, California. Or, yeah. The, okay. Yeah. 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 I thought it was Cali. So Rick Warren, uh, purpose driven life, purpose driven church. Uh, have him to kind of thank for the whole emergent church movement. He's kind of one of the one of the godfathers of more, it. More well, more uh, pragmatism on that side. I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's fair. I would yeah, say his theology uh, is kind of eh, but like I don't think it's too progressive or liberal. To the extent that some people think that he is. Yeah, I, I, from what I have read and heard and seen firsthand of him, uh, in in regards to of in regards to orthodoxy, I'd say he's pretty liberal. Uh, mm. You know, like huh. you're you're uh, you know you're you're full blo- full blown egalitarian. How how I would define like if somebody's full blown egalitarian. That's pretty dang liberal in 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 regards to orthodox theology, right? Theology that you can still have and still remain a Christian. Uh, I would say egalitarianism is pretty far, even though I still believe, I, just like charismatics, I believe you can be a Christian. Uh, I'm just going to, like, there's going to be a lot I disagree with you on, right? Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, that, all, <laughs> all of that aside, yeah, <laughs> homie gets up to the mic. <laughs> Dude, okay. okay. All right. I think it was. I think they okay. just. Okay, they just had pref. They, because the vote on the floor apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that there was a commission that was put in place to talk about, or some committee that was put in place to talk about uh, the word pastor, and does that apply? Because in many Baptist churches, oh sure, yeah, you have the word pastor that's thrown out there very casually. Yes. And it's not connected to the office of elder, which right. Josh and I would agree with. Yeah, Pastor, and that's actually 
Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Go pastor is associated with the office of elder. Yes, you use the term synonymously. That. Yeah, they are, they are two terms for the same office, right? And that's actually going to be a future up. We actually had a listener. I think it was Ed ask if we would do an episode on what constitutes a pastor sure. slash elder. And I think I think that'd be a great up. We're going to hit that in the future sometime because some other denominations mm-hmm. use the word pastor. But it is more in reference to a quote unquote deacon role. And I would categorically disagree with that. Yes. Because yeah. you see distinctions between deacons and elders. Oh, yeah. Uh, within scripture and within church history and within those offices. And, and some, so, some, some make a distinction between pastor and elder in that pastors are staff paid positions and elders act more as like a board of directors ruling over the pastors. I used to work at a church like that and oh, it man. drive it drove me nuts yeah. because like, you know, like one, I don't see that distinction in scripture, but two, it just completely muddy, like completely muddies the waters yeah. uh, when you have kind of the elders who are kind mm-hmm. of a board of directors that, you know, run, run everything. And then your pastors are like your paid positions. It, it was weird. It was odd. I don't think it's biblical. But anyway, yeah, that's a different app, right? We keep we keep yeah. rabbit trailing. <laughs> we In any case, this. this is my they basically yeah. I'm trying to preface just the, yeah, yeah. the scene because they Fair. just yeah, yeah, voted yeah, yeah. on the fact that we're not going to go forward with certain recommendations into looking for the word pastor and what it means and, and doing all these other things. And so basically they said, I think it was Adam Greenway, who's the president of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary down in Texas. He said, hey, uh, here's my amendment to this. Here's the friendly amendment so we can look at it a little bit more. And they're like, nope, they voted that down. And so basically what that meant I guess in Rick Warren's eyes was that he's done as an SBC pastor. Sure. Or even sponsored. So, so the dude, like, so I'll let Josh yeah. now go into what we were looking at. So, <laughs> so can I call him Big Rick? <laughs> Pretty like, much at can this I? point. So, 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 so Big Rick, Big Rick gets up to the mic and pulls out what he calls a love letter to the SVC convention, which already is makes my skin crawl. But anyway, uh, in it, he talks about how you know all these all these disagreements we're having on like egalitarianism and all this stuff, all the secondary issues, and he's frustrated about how we're getting caught up in all these secondary issues, right? But then, and uh, then, homeboy starts to go into giving his ministerial resume and talking about how much he has done for the church. It was very Pauline-esque in how Paul gives his earthly <laughs> resume, right? Yeah. I was a I, I was a Jew of Jews, right? You know, you know, um as to the law, blameless, right? Works I like I had all these works, right? But then what does Paul say at the end? He says and I count all of it rubbish, right? Yeah. That last line didn't happen here. <laughs> <laughs> and Rick Warren goes on to talk about how he's been a pastor at 43 years and he's trained 1.1 1. 1, uh, pastors and all of these church plants and and all of all of these things like just listing off like how many countries his books have been in, how many stadiums he's filled um, and, and and all of this like all of these things that he kept pointing to as reasons that make him legitimate, right? But that was that was it. Yeah. And there was no like it was very I will just say 
and again, this, I'm not in the SBC, but like Rick Warren's a public figure. He made these statements publicly and it can be publicly critiqued. One, at the very least, it was very awkward. It, oh, was, very, yeah. it was very awkward to listen to because you're just yeah. sitting here like, this guy's just talking about how great he is, right? Yeah. Um, and then at the very worst, it reminded me of somebody very similar <laughs> that is a, hits uh, yep. a little closer to home up here yeah. in the PNW, right? That's now yeah. in Arizona. Um, yeah. So something Jack and I wanted to talk about is not, not so much Rick Warren because, again... <sighs> Rick's going to do Rick. I mean, Rick Rick has established where he's at and sure. and you know whether you like him or you hate him like that's that's who he is, right? Um I have a lot of disagreements with Rick and his theology um as most reformed baptists would. Um it's it's odd to me that he's still in the SBC. I think the SBC is yeah. an extremely weird fit for where mm-hmm. Rick Warren is. Sure. Um yeah. but anyway, all all that aside what Jack and I want to talk about is how what we heard from Rick Warren publicly at that convention is so antithetical to what we as regular churchgoers and especially people, men that have been called to lead the church, the mentality that we're called to have when it comes to how we view success, how we view ourselves and how we view the work that God has called us to, right? Um, and you see kind of one side of how you can view it with the statements that that Rick made, mm-hmm. which which quite quite saddened me, honestly. Like it, it, you know, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be real about it, uh, it kind of broke my heart a little bit hearing those things come from his mouth, right? But we have that side of it, but. I think it's prudent for us, especially those of us who would consider ourselves reformed, especially confessional, right? As we're looking to to how these things should be affecting the way that we live, affecting the way that we lead, affecting the way that we that we interact with our church, it's important that we have our mentality correct. And it's mm-hmm. important that our barometer for success is correct. And it's important how we speak about it right so that's something that i think i would like to talk to you about jack is just just why don't we why don't you throw your initial thoughts over um and just kind of let's let's get into this topic of how we should be conducting ourselves as leaders in the church well i want to say something too first um i mean homie was up there saying that he was a baptist of all baptists like he was trying to place himself by saying what is it my great-grandfather was converted by charles spurgeon I got called to ministry by Billy Graham, all this stuff. And it's eerily, like like you're saying, it was eerily similar to it, that part it, in scripture it, where yeah. Paul's he, like he copy talking and pasted about, yeah. Paul's resume and just put his name in is what happened. It's like that meme of Mr. Bean, like looking over and copying somebody's homework or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's the weird part to it. Yeah, I think the other part is like, I don't know, like, I felt like that, like, wasn't his love letter. That was like a, that was like Spider-Man, uh, Norman Osborn getting kicked hey, off the it board. Was, it was a love letter. It was speech. just, it was, it was addressed to him. You can't do this to me. <laughs> um, man, it was so cringy and weird and awkward because yeah, like, it was like, you're a dude who's saying like, you're better than this convention. 
and bigger than this convention. And that has some real narcissistic vibe to it. I don't know. I think that struck me the most of like that whole thing was like mm-hmm. a very narcissistic uh, tone to it and saying like, it was almost like, I don't need you. You need me actually. Mm. Um, and to be in that kind of category as a pastor, like, bro, I don't know if you should be a pastor anymore with that kind of language. Um, it, it, it brought to my mind as I was listening to the clip um, I think the thing that struck me first was what the what the small town pastor should be taking away and feeling from yeah. that speech that he gave. Because mostly the SBC is that. Oh, the SBC uh, yeah, 100%. is small town. Pastors. Absolutely, absolutely. They're and not... there and there are so many incredibly faithful churches in the SBC. Yeah. Right. So many pastors that I are doing fantastic work. Right. And I and I think that's the majority. Right. And what they had to have been thinking when they see this individual who has a mega church talking about how his mega church and all his books and all his converts and baptisms and how many individuals that he's trained is the barometer for what makes a successful ministry. I don't think it was his intention, but what that does in 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 practical sense is if you aren't living up to that standard, you're not really succeeding in ministry. Yeah. Right? That if if this is the bar and this is what success looks like, this is why, you know, I mean, this is this is the proof in the pudding that he says this is what you need to look like. Right, right. This is what I consider success. There are so many rural, small town pastors that are faithfully in the trenches with their people. They aren't going to see a million converts. No, you know, some churches see maybe two baptisms a year. Does that mean they're failing? Right, and I guess that it was that that kind of frustrated me the most because honestly, I expect a speech like that from Rick Warren. I it didn't surprise me that that's what he said. But what what frustrated me and, and what made me sad is that he said it at all. Yeah. Right? Because of the effect and basically practically, again, I don't think it was his intention. I don't want to add, you know, hot sauce to, to where where it's not it's not needed. But that's basically saying, you know, people like me, people like the pastors that are in my community around here that have churches of maybe fifty people, seventy five people maybe 150 people. Well, your ministry is just not as legitimate as Rick Warren's because yeah. you don't have all these th- all these frills and and you know fancy buttons and all this stuff, right? And I can't imagine something more discouraging to a local small town church pastor that is doing their best, loving their people the best that they can than that speech that Rick Warren gave. I know that's what I came away with. And and to me, it's it's really, it's really, I think tone deaf, uh, and 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 kind of removed from reality as to what true local church ministry looks like, um, and you often find that in mega churches. Um, mm-hmm. Sadly, that's just I think I think it's kind of par for the course, which is why I'm not a fan. Which is why Jack, neither Jack and I are a fan of mega churches. Yeah. Um, 
So that's what I came away with, man. I, I was really, I was really kind of saddened for my brothers uh, that I see trudging along, doing great work on how, you know, if you don't live up to this kind of standard, it's not really legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the tough thing too, is like, um, I don't know. Saying all those things does not prove legitimacy um, that you should necessarily be in the SBC um, or for that matter, just even go up to the mic and say that stuff. I don't know, man. It just was so, it was so cringy. And I just felt like it was like more of like a, uh, well, if this is my last time coming up to this mic, like I'm just going to say what I've done for this place versus what it's done for me. Um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't recommend doing that. If you have, if you belong to a church and a denomination, I don't recommend going up to a mic and saying, I'm the greatest this convention has ever put out and try to mic drop that. Cause that's just not going to, there's going to be no credibility to you after that, to be honest. Well, and let's <laughs> let's look at the criteria itself too, right? So this is a secondary thing that I came at came away with, and and it comes down to it comes down to this question: How do we judge success as a local mm. church, right? What what do we judge as whether or not to define a a a certain ministry as being successful? I will go. So far as to say that the barometer that Rick Warren uses, at least the one that he presented in this quote unquote love letter, is the standard and barometer that the ch- not the church or scripture uses, but the world. And again, mm-hmm. I believe this is easily tied to sure. kind of the mega church mentality, right? Is we look to how the world bases success if it was a business, right? How does a world base success? How much money's coming in? How many people have been influenced, right? If it's a product or if it's a brand, how many followers do you have? How many how many influencers do you have uh, supporting the brand, right? How many sites do you have? How many people have you trained to 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 you know help advance the brand or advance the product, right? Mm-hmm. All of the things that Rick pointed to as to be, being his reasons for this is why I'm successful, you could take out of that context, put into the context of a multi-billion dollar business, and it would transfer perfectly. Yeah. And that's my problem. Yeah, because as we all know, Drisky Business did this. Yeah. All, uh, he would do this all the time. He 100%. would do this every single year or almost every other season. He would say, we have more baptisms. We have more church membership. Our giving is up. Blah, 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 blah. And he would go on like that and be right. like, Yo, that's cringe. <laughs> like I well, look back on those yeah. times and I'm like, that's so cringy because it's like, okay, like now I work for obviously for profit private business. Yeah, that we talk about those numbers. Yeah, um, I, that would be absolutely weird to talk about, like transplant what I'm talking about in my work and transplant right. that into the local church. Because right. it is not a one-for-one comparison at all. No, and and the, the church, like, this is, the the mega church mentality has to adopt that. 
yeah. if they're going to be successful, right? Because look, you look at a business, you have to talk in those, in, in that language, right? Yeah. If your business wasn't talking in that language or trying to figure out how to become bigger, how to make more money, they're going to fail as a business. It oh, just yeah. kind of makes sense. You need yeah. to make money. You need to have that focus, right? That's why, that's that. That's one of the main reasons you're there. That, that nowhere scripturally does that barometer of success transfer into the local church. And when that barometer is forced upon the local church, everything is going to be filtered through that. And your focus is going to be skewed because it's not about bringing people closer to Christ. It's not about forming a community that, that is tight knit and united under the gospel. It's not about its leaders pursuing humility and graciousness and, 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 and staying qualified when it comes to the qualifications given in scripture, it becomes, how can we be bigger? How can we make our brand bigger? How can yeah. we become more, uh, more, um, you know, not uh, tran- uh, transferable, if you will, in the culture that we're in? We need to be able to 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 sway with the culture in order to stay relevant, right? That's what I'm looking for. How how can we more, how can we be, stay relevant, right? And you lose the forest through the trees. You lose the reason that you're there. You lose the reason that you are called to gather in the first place. It's not to promote a brand. It's to worship a holy God that calls his people together to worship him. Right. And we lose that when we have this barometer of success. Right. If you are a pastor, I'll I'll just say this. If you are a pastor in a small local church, I don't care how many baptisms you had this year. Mm-hmm. I don't care how big your membership is. I don't care uh, what your what your uh, financial bank account looks like. I don't care if your slides are snappy. I don't care if you have a full band or you're up there with a piano player or you sing a cappella. Are you preaching the word of God faithfully week in and week out? Are you pointing your people to the person of Jesus Christ as their sustaining hope? Are you as a leader humbling yourself as Christ humbled himself and giving yourself sacrificially to your people? Are you making the centrality of the word and the glory of the gospel the main thing every single Sunday? Are you calling your people to repent of their sins and cling to the person of Jesus Christ? If the answer is yes, you are so much more successful than any ministry that is not doing those things, but has all of the millions of followers and all of the books and all of the conferences and all of the, all of the missions trips. That's all frills. That's not the barometer of success. We have faithfulness in scripture that is the barometer of the success. And I'm sick and tired, frankly, of these men who get up and show us their fancy clothes and say, look, look how, look how successful I am. When you have the faithful pastor in rags in the trenches giving bread to his people. Our barometers are skewed mm-hmm. and we need to get back to what scripture says is successful. And I'm sorry, Mr. Warren, all of your millions of people that you have discipled, all of your conferences, all of your books, all of the things that you point to, they don't impress me. I'm not impressed. And neither is Jesus. 
This has been the reformatory. We thank you all for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is actually our our uh, our hangman speech. Uh, <laughs> we actually gonna die after Josh. This is the, this is the funnest. I. You know what? If this is the if this is what sinks my ship, I'm gonna gladly go down with this. You'll see me at the top of the bow, saluting the entire way into the water. I'm just first time, Jack. Jack yeah, first yeah, first time. First time yeah. <laughs> Jack, I'm sick of it, man. Sure, I'm I, sick. I get it, man. I'm sick of my brothers and my, and my sisters that are faithfully serving their church be upstaged by this kind of tomfoolery. Yeah, no it, it's just not. It's not good. It's not yeah. a good look, and it's and wrong. Th- and I think that goes against like everything. I think that SBC is trying to be. Um, sure. Yeah. Even like I'm really impressed with uh, Bart Barber, their new president, who's very much in tune with trying to get, uh, basically get into the lives of Southern Baptists and like be there for them. Uh, because I think honestly, that's what a president should be. Uh, and so that's more refreshing to hear from his angle versus it seems like Rick Warren is like, look at me, look at me versus I think Bart, who is more of a servant. I just didn't. Honestly, here's another thing, too. Like, I don't know how you can come away from that whole, you know, kind of justification talk that he just did. Mm and think that you're any kind of a servant that you have any kind of a servant bone in your body because all that told me in that little that little clip and that little speech was like look at what I've done for you and you're just not showing any like it was really hard for me because it's like you're not really showing me any fruit of the spirit you're just showing me how like you like you have these narcissistic tendencies and how even like rise of far rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast really talked about that. Sure. 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 And how you're just like reinforcing all of the things that they talked about and you're not really helping anything right now, dude. Well, well you're, if you are an under shepherd, right. And let's be clear. That's what you are. Yeah. It means that you are called to emulate and look like the head shepherd, which is Jesus. Mm hmm. I don't see Jesus making all those claims. Yeah. He didn't need to. And if you are confident in the work that you are doing for Christ and your barometer is correct and what you're what you're using your to to define success in ministry is correct, you don't feel like you have to do that either. You don't need to justify it. I don't need to hear the numbers and all of the graphs and all of the in- impressive stats that are supposed to wow me, I guess. It's just not applicable to me. Mm-hmm. And it's not applicable to 99% of pastors because 99% of pastors aren't megachurch pastors. You're not running a business. Yeah. You're caring for the souls of the sheep that God has given you. And it's just not applicable. It's just a completely different world. And it's a world that I don't think is biblical. And I don't think you can take that barometer of success that is meant for the business corporate world that we live in and apply it to church. You just can't, you know? And and that's what I think a lot of people fall into the trap of doing is because they're going to hear that and they're going to be like, oh man, I got to step it up. I've got to... 
you know, I got to start hustling. I got to, I got to get a complete makeover, man. We need better slides. We need better music. Let's start modeling our, our, our church after what, what these guys do. And you're missing the point. That's not, that's not going to do anybody any good. That's not winning anybody to Jesus. Yeah. All right. So I don't know, man. Like I, on one hand, that that whole kerfluffle, like it made me sad and it made me frustrated, but it also caused me to be really, really thankful for the pastors and the local churches that I know that have the correct focus. Sure. Right? I know yeah. so many people around here that I see in the trenches with their people getting their hands dirty, mm-hmm. loving them, caring for them in ways that... that uh, that that's difficult and ways that's not glamorous yeah right the vast majority of ministry isn't glamorous Mm -hmm. it's hard work but it's good work and that's what i believe the vast majority of churches are doing and let's not get distracted by the flashy things that people say we should be or the things that we should be pursuing that honest hard-working ministry loving your people preaching the word, caring for the souls in your church, administering the sacraments. That's where the work's done. And I truly believe that that is where true change comes from. I don't think it's going to come from the mega churches. I think it's going to come yeah. from the daily in and out ministry, faithful ministry of these local churches that have 50 people in them. Yeah. That's where my heart is. And I believe that's where the heart of Christ is as well. And that's like, dude, like that's why we do this podcast. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right? Like, like you small local churches, y'all the real MVP. Yeah, seriously. Right? Like you don't got all the rings and all the frills and all the flashy buttons and and and, and all this stuff. And that's why we love you. Yeah, it's because you understand what true success in ministry looks like and what true faithfulness looks like. Yeah, I think the biggest, I think a conversation I just had with one of my pastors rings true for this. Um, You know, we talked about like myself going back into um, community group kind of ministry and maybe leading a community group again. And really like the focus was, is like, what kind of environment, what kind of environment, like what's your, what's your purpose behind this community group? Why do you think it's important to start this community group? Like we were getting at the heart of things. It wasn't so much like, let's blow Like, okay, how many people you want in it? You want to blow it up to 50 people? Like we weren't talking about that. Right. How do you make your small group <laughs> the next church plant? We weren't right? talking about that at all. We were just like, okay, how, how are you going to faithfully, what is going to be your strategy to faithfully minister to these people? Yes. And how are yes. you going to do that? And yes. also how, what, what is the environment you're going to do that in? Like, what are you focusing on? Absolutely. So that was the that was a context of it. And I think those are way more important questions versus the questions of even what Paul talks about in Corinthians. Like everybody has like in the North American church, everybody is either of Apollos, of Paul, of Jesus, whoever. Like, but that's not really the the main debate. The main debate is like, do you think that growth and change comes from you or does it come through through the preaching of the gospel and the Holy spirit applying that work to the people? Mm. 
And I think that is the biggest difference is, do I trust God in my weakest abilities to communicate the gospel to people in order that he would take that and use whatever I communicated to the people and actually bring change into the lives of people that I wouldn't be, that I would be decreased and he would increase. Mm -hmm. Like those are the questions that you should be asking. Those are the things that you should be praying about. Not the fact that you sold 5.5 billion copies of your book or trained 1.1 million pastors or whatever. Like the interactions between your people. And that shows me that Rick Warren is not, (laughs) shows me Rick Warren is actually kind of deficient, I guess you could say, in shepherding. Because he just showed that he's he doesn't really understand what a shepherd does in that sense, um, which is concerning to me. Uh, versus somebody who is actually in, like you said, day in day out, like they're doing the hard work of having questions and having conferences and having these discussions with their local church members of like going through dying family members going through the grief of like losing a child through um miscarriage of like any kind of tragedy of Mm -hmm. any kind of poverty that people are experiencing now like that is a different mindset than the mindset that we saw like displayed at that little speech (laughs) so i don't know like there's a very big difference in trying to be an influencer, which I think that we saw, and trying to be an actual shepherd, an under-shepherd, which I think what we're trying to do is trying to encourage the under-shepherds mm. of the local churches. So, yeah, please don't be an influencer. Just be a faithful local shepherd, pastor, if Amen. you will. That would help out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if y'all could just be a biblical <laughs> shepherd, that'd be great. <laughs> Can't think of any better place to end it, man. Yeah. Right there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love you local churches. We love you small town local pastors. We love you guys. I, I think I think you guys are... That's where the work's being done. We want to encourage you guys in that. So we hope that it's been an encouragement. And don't be distracted. Don't be distracted by yeah. those that <laughs> say all the glitz and glamour is where it's at. It's not. Your faithfulness uh, is being... Uh, is 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 sowing seeds that Christ is going to to reap to flourishing later, yeah, uh, and and be confident in the good work that you guys are doing. So, Jack, Big Rick has sung. Oh, sorry, no, yeah. Big Eva has Big. sung. This has been <laughs> this has been our love letter to <laughs> to the local churches, right? This is this is our love letter to them. But the love letter now must come to an end because we're yes. reaching probably four or five pages and it's starting to get sappy. So let's just, why don't we yeah. cut it off now? Ladies and gentlemen, if you like our love letters here on the Reformatory <laughs> uh, to the local church, you too can follow us and find more love letters on our sociables, if you will. Yes, you can. Um, the Instagram mm-hmm. goes well. Chocolate and marshmallow. That's the right. Facebook, the Metaverse. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg kind of matrix environment he's trying to suck us into ready player one status i don't know what's gonna happen it's gonna go down the next 24 hours maybe i guess 
And then you have the tweaker, the Twitter, the little blue bird site. Elon Musk may or may not buy this site. I yeah, we don't know. literally don't know what that is. Apparently he wants to kick all the like apparently his stalemate or his stalemate right now is you need to kick all the bots off of the website before I take over. I don't know if that's gonna happen. Why are Whatever. we balking at that? Like who <laughs> who in Twitter versus I but we love the bots. The bots are great. <laughs> yeah, anyway. The bots are doing that. The um, bot yeah. <laughs> In any case, you can find us all on those sociable sites That's at right. the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, mm-hmm. you can tell the lovely listeners how they can support us maybe further through That's other right. means. So many means. You can head on over to the reformatorypod.com and get yourself some local church merch. It's good mm. stuff. You can rep the podcast. You can support your local church by repping the local church and look good doing it. Uh, you can head on over there. We'd appreciate that. You can head on over to Patreon. If you happen to have uh, an extra gallon of gas worth of money a yes. month, you can become a Patreon supporter, and your name shall mm. be Hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. Last but not least, you can rate us on Apple and Spotify. You can leave us a little review. We appreciate five-star ratings, especially mm. ratings that rave about how awesome Jack is. Because oh Jack's gosh. awesome. He is. Yeah. Jack's a cool guy. You know uh, what, Jack? You're all right. I don't care what some people say about you. You're an all right Joe. I do not condone um, the the reform pope status. I'm <laughs> not. I'm not even. Nope. Not Jack the man, that pope man. Fifty foot. Pole. That's right. <laughs> nope. Not taking that mantle up if Francis is going to resign. Not hey, doing it. Hey, you know what? I'd rather you than Francis. But then <laughs> I want you to get in there yeah. and then just blow the whole thing up oh from my the God. inside. Go full Ron Swanson on on the papacy. <laughs> I will accept this. I will accept this position only to tear it down from the inside. <laughs> I'm bankrupting the Catholic Church right now. (laughs) Jack goes full Martin Luther (laughs) on the Catholic Church. You just see him nailing some like long, nailing the 1689 to the doors. (laughs) That's going to be bananas. Go, Jack. Go, 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 go. Best Pope ever. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you all for listening. We appreciate every last one of you. We will catch you on the next step of The Reformatory. (laughs) 